Welcome to the Scott Townsend Show, brought to you by Dietzo Man Productions. Pursuing like um, what God wants rather than what I want. And my attitude's better. Let's just be honest. Guys don't, most guys don't have a really good attitude. <laughs> we get mad about something. We want to fight. We want to talk. I mean, we want to talk, but only talk negative about it. We don't want to talk about resolve. Right. You're right. Talk about what we're going to do in that situation. Well, if he says this, I'm going to do that. And then, you know, I'll end the whole thing, but it never works out that way. So I don't even know why mm-hmm. we do it. Um, I just say, let God do the heavy lifting. That's how much he loves us. And that's crazy, crazy love. Hey, this is Scott Townsend. Welcome back to the Scott Townsend Show. And today, once again, I have with me a good friend, youth pastor, uh, men's group leader, Matt Clark. Matt, how's it going? Uh, Good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I like that you refer to me as a friend. (laughs) Well, I had to throw that one in there, you know. People no, are probably just... wondering why why aren't y'all in the same room then if you're such close <laughs> friends? One of these days we might do that. Someday. Yeah. But uh yeah, so you know, like I said last week, this uh for those of you listening or watching, uh I wanted to have Matt on for this is a this is a mini series within the Scott Townsend show. <laughs> and it's about uh it's about this, uh, the men's group that uh, Matt leads on Monday morning. And I just, every time I get through with it, I think, man, it's too bad that uh, my audience can't listen in on what we talk about. And so we just decided to make it happen. I asked Matt if he would come on the show um, after the men's meeting and just talk about what we talked about. Because I'm sure there's a bunch of guys out there that, You know, you're in your trucks, you're in your F-150s, you're in your car, whatever, commuting to work, or you're out in the oil field or whatever, and you're, uh, you probably have the same questions that, uh, well, I know you would, that I do. And so, you know, if there's ladies out there watching or listening, uh, maybe this will help you with relating to your guy. I don't know. But uh, anyway. Enough preamble. So we're studying the uh, book by Francis Chan, Crazy Love. Uh, it's a pretty interesting book. If you want the book, you can go to Amazon, I guess, and get it. Um, we talked last week or two weeks ago, we talked about his first chapter was called Stop Praying. The second chapter last week was Might Not Finish the Chapter. And in this week's uh, Chapter three is crazy love. So um, what's the bottom line on this? What's the bottom line on this chapter? Matt? I think the bottom line is that no matter what you've been through or done, um, we have a hard time believing that God loves us through our mistakes. Um, I know, I know we tend to, and they talk about it in the book. They, we tend to like, compare God to our fathers on earth, good or bad. And we put them in that box. Um, And the thing we need to get to, or the realization we need to get to is that God's love for us is immeasurable. And, you know, you've heard that in church before, but I would say it's unfathomable. Is that right? Did I say that right? You actually said it right. Yeah. Look at me. Um, It's so outside of our, uh, our way of thinking that we, it's just, we can't 
compute that he loves me no matter what I do, say, act, the way I believe, the way I feel. Uh, and I think that's just hard to grasp as for me as a man, like it's hard for me to think like, oh, he loves me no matter what. What about the times where I've done something? I've thought something I've put my family through something. I've made horrible mistakes. You know, how can he love me? You know, and uh, that's kind of what the chapter talks about. It's just like you you have no idea how much he loves you and the, the length he would go to to reach you or to accept you back in or. So I think that's kind of the bottom line of it. It's just, it's just, you can't, you can't put it into words. You can't put it into like a description, like this is how much God loves you. Or actually, you know what? I take that back because that would be, that would be anti-Bible if I said that mm. there is a measure of how much he loves us. And, you know, that he sent his only son as a sacrifice for our sins so that we could be closer to him. I mean, there, there's the measure, I guess. Yeah. Cause I'm going to be honest with you. I have two sons. You have a son and I wouldn't do that for anybody. I wouldn't sacrifice my sons. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, there's no way. <clears throat> I don't, I don't have that much love um, for people who make me mad. <laughs> We're just being honest. <clears throat> if we're doing stupid stuff. Yeah. There's many people out there. And I mean, if, if you don't relate to this, then you are lying to yourself. There are people out there that you don't want to help. And, uh, there are people who don't believe in God. There are people that don't believe he exists. There's people who don't accept what he did for them. And he still through all that chooses to love us. So, I mean, I think that's pretty, not just miraculous. That's just blows your, it should blow your mind. A lot of times uh, in the study guide for crazy love, it talks about uh, what are the five words that describe your father, your earthly father. I think a lot of, a lot of times people uh, judge the character of God by the character of their natural father is that true i, I would say yeah or if if not 100 percent, yes there's a high percentage that most of us do that um what was your dad. father like what's the five words that would describe your father <laughs> now before i say any of this like i <laughs> this is just through the filter of matt clark's brain when people say things like this I don't really know how to explain it. It's just almost like they want you to feel sorry for them. And I don't want anybody to feel sorry for me. My dad, I loved him. Uh, he passed away seven years ago now and I loved him, but he was, he was not an, an easy person to live with. You know, he was uh, very emotional and lean more towards being mean than loving. Uh, he was an alcoholic my whole life for me to see him without a drink was more, abnormal than to see him drinking, you know, mm -hmm. um, insecure, um, just, I mean, just almost didn't really have a good plan for life, you know, and it's hard to, yeah, we can get into the whole, like, I didn't view God as like an alcoholic mean father. I just, but I did run what my dad or how my dad treated me, you know, I, I kind of filtered God through that filter of just like, well, if my dad's mad at me, then, you know, God's mad at me or he's angry too. And, um, that just takes some, there's no, there's no, um, equation that makes, makes that make sense. It's just simply the more I learned about God, the more I learned that wasn't true. Um, that God's not like my dad, um, as much as, you know, I felt at the time he was, 
if that makes sense. Uh, but that's, I feel like that's where we as men kind of make the mistake that God is not anything like our dads, good or bad. He's better. Uh, and the only way that I discovered this was, <clears throat> excuse me, reading his word and finding out his true character. And I, I think we, we give ourselves a disadvantage in assuming we know what God's like or comparing him to our father, because uh, if we don't read and find out for ourselves, then we'll never really know. And, and I think it's very crucial and critical for us as men or women, it doesn't matter, um, to find out for ourselves and not just take other people's words for it. You know, I think every message you ever hear, every um, scripture that's shared with you, you need to go study it for yourself and not just assume, oh yeah, that sounds good. That, that makes sense. No, you should study it out for yourself and find out the truth and what it means for your life. Thank you for joining the Scott Townsend show. We'll be back right after this. Hey, this is Scott. And we have a new way of allowing listeners to sponsor, to help with the production of this podcast. We're going to start using buymeacoffee.com. If you go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash Scott Townsend, you can make a donation. It takes a lot of work to put these podcasts together. So um, if you want to help us out, keep this going. Go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash Scott Townsend. And now, back to the program. Guys have a hard time with the word love and showing love. Even, even me just saying that right there was just a little uh, difficult, maybe. <clears throat> no, it wasn't. Maybe it was. Um, I don't just use that word all the time and it feels funny when I do use it. Um, and so I, you know, do women have a better, easier time with it? I don't know. I, maybe they do, but I know guys in general, it's either you're a wuss or you're too soft or you're, uh, too much into the feminine side or, um, you're not your emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Too in touch with your emotions. You're not strong and, uh, and, and, you know, tough. Uh, so it's, it's really hard for guys to say, Hey man, I love you, man. And, uh, but it, you know, and, and so then it's a hard, we have a hard time understanding that God loves us. Yeah. We have a hard time loving each other. And so to, to, I don't know, does that make any sense? Totally. I think for women and men, it's different. I mean, women are more, uh, let's talk about this. I mean, they can go into, and, and I'm not just saying this from lack of experience. I mean, my wife has told me like girls can just hit it. They can, Oh, how are you? Start crying, you know, and not all girls are that way. Um, but I mean, when a guy tells you he loves you, you're just like, hold up. Um, you know, but I think, I think the way guys do it is just like, we listen, we talk, we encourage. And that's just the way we say, like, hey, man, I love you. You know, you can get through this. 
you know, or let's just say for, as an example, you're going through something. And instead of just me being like, man, you'll make it through patch on the back, you know, hope you make it type thing. Punch in the arm. Encouraging. That's, that's for, for Matt Clark to tell Scott Townsend, Hey, I love you. This is, this is the way I'm going to choose to do that. I'm going to tell you that, you know, uh, I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to lift you up. Uh, I'm going to love on you. Like the Bible says to do or commands to do, which is something, again, we don't take as serious as we should. Um, yeah, I mean, it, guys are not going to get emotional. Uh, we see it every Monday morning when, uh, we, we bring up something that's a little like, uh, it's a little touchy feely. Mm-hmm. When we're talking about like, this guy made me mad. You know, we can all get behind that. Like, yeah. And then I told him this and, uh, but when you, we start talking about how does that make you feel or, you know, how does the way your dad treated you make you feel as a man now, you know, it brings up all these emotions of just like insecurity or uh, lack of awareness or, and then embarrassment, you see guys bristle, shame. Yeah, embarrassment, shame, and, and you see guys bristle up and want to pull out that tough exterior. Uh, but those are, those are things that need to be addressed. You need to address them. You need to face them head on and just, you know, uh, insecurity was one trait from my dad that I picked up, um, a lot growing up. And so how did you know that? I think the older I got, the more I didn't want to be around him because of it, because I saw it so much in myself. So what's it look like? Insecurity, just being unsure of yourself, um, not taking care of yourself (laughs) and being very, very aware of it. Uh, I can give you a, for instance, we grew up in a single white, or I grew up in a single white trailer. Okay. To me, that was home. No big deal. I didn't, I wasn't embarrassed of it. Didn't really care. And I played on a baseball team where they threw a party uh, at the end of the year. And the doctor, it was a doctor who threw a party and uh, we went to their million dollar home, me and my parents. And I just, I remember coming home and my dad was just down, like he was in the dumps, you know? Um, and I was just like, what's the big deal? This is like, I didn't care, you know, but it it really bothered him. Uh, and I think the thing is, is like kids, kids want things. I mean, they want, you know, Harrison, I want a mansion. I want to live in a huge house. And my first thought is, well, you have no idea how much that costs to run a big house. And you want that, you know, I, I tend to go that way. Um, more practical. Uh, but my dad took it personal. And really what I wanted from him is just the, you know, I didn't need the big houses. I just wanted him to like, uh, be a dad, be, be encouraging, be strong, like almost like we don't need all that crap. You know, we got everything. We love each other. You know, we take care of what we need to take care of. We do the things we need to do. And, um, none of that stuff matters. If you want that later on down the line, then go for it. But it's not the most important thing, but I saw that insecurity come out. And so, when I get married and I see, you know, other couples who have homes and we're still living in an apartment, I remember feeling like, Oh, I should be doing more. I, you know, and here's what it caused me to do. Now that I say that out loud, all Laura wanted from me was to have a husband in a relationship with me. Okay. I'm going someplace with this to so follow along, but my insecurity caused me to want to work more so I could have those things, which guess, I, in return, caused me to be away from home more and more. 
So the domino effect of that is I'm trying to do for you, Laura, I'm trying to uh, make more money, get promoted so I can have all these things. So you can have this really nice house. All she wanted from me was to come home and just look her in the eye and talk about things. And, and she didn't need the big house. She didn't want all that. And so by me working more and more, which we see many guys do, it's just, I'll work 70 hours a week to get what I want. Mm-hmm. You, you distance yourself in your relationships with your wife, your kids. Uh, you might have all those things at the end, but it's just like, what did you lose in the process of getting those things? Um, mm-hmm. So I think we as men, again, going back to what I said earlier, we need to work smarter, not harder. And one of the ways to do that is having a good understanding of who God is and what he's asking us to do, not what we think we should do. Um, And it's all under the umbrella of, I love you this much that I'm willing to help you get to where you want to be because wanting nice things is not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Wanting to drive a nice car, having a nice house, those are not negative things, but they can't be the things that are motivating us. What, what should motivate us is like, all right, God, what do you, what do you want me to do? what's the step I need to take? What's the, you know, what's the job I need to have? How do I be a better husband? How do I be a better father? Not I'm going to work harder to be a better husband. I'm going to work harder at my job, stay away from my family more, uh, causing all this relational, like, you know, strangeness when I get home, cause I'm never there cause I'm trying to provide. And so the domino effect of that is my relationships suffer. Okay. I'm away more and more. And the one thing I was trying to do because I didn't do it God's way was completely destroyed in the process. <laughs> Isn't that weird? I mean, think ironic. That. Just, it's ironic. It's, but it's a domino effect that takes time, you know, and just to be as transparent as possible, Laura and I's relationship because of my insecurity of wanting to have nice things suffered for years because of that. And that wasn't God's plan. That wasn't, you know, that's not, and what do you, what do we tend to do as humans or, well, I mean, God's not blessing all this work I'm doing. Well, he never asked us to do those things, you know, mm-hmm. never asked you to go work crazy amounts of overtime. Sometimes it's necessary. I'm not saying it's not necessary, right? but I, I think his love for us covers so many areas, but we try to compartmentalize it into, oh, he'll love me if I work hard. He'll love me if I do this. He'll love me. No, no, no. He'll love you if you just love him and seek after him and ask him and engage him in the process of the decision-making that we as men make. And I think if we can get to a point where we're starting to do that instead of, I'm just going to go get it, you know, um, I think life would be a lot better because I, I will say this to all men listening and even to women listening, um, when your spouse is good, life is a thousand percent better. Mm-hmm. And all those things will come because I can tell you this, when, when Laura and I are not doing well, I, I could care less, but when we're doing well, I'm like, okay, like I'm more motivated. I'm more, uh, energized to do the things that I need to do. Mm-hmm. It's such a drain when you get into an argument or whatever. And yeah. The tension, the stress, the, you know, uh, it'll, it'll wear you down. I'd rather crawl through broken glass than to have to go through that kind of stuff. Yes. Yes. (laughs) But uh, Laura, (laughs) oh man, 
maybe I'll get in trouble for this. Maybe you have to cut it out. I don't know. I think when it comes to your spouse, they're the person you love the most in the world. And they're the person that can make you the angriest. Oh my gosh. Yeah. In the world. But mm-hmm. that being said, those, those things are more likely to happen. I believe the further you get away from the understanding of what God's true purpose and his love for you is. Mm-hmm. Um, I serve my wife and children. I serve, you know, city church better. I serve myself better when I'm pursuing like um, what God wants rather than what I want. And my attitude's better. Let's just be honest. Guys don't, most guys don't have a really good attitude. <laughs> we get mad about something. We want to fight. We want to talk. I mean, we want to talk, but only talk negative about it. We don't want to talk about resolve. Right. You're right. Talk about what we're going to do in that situation. Well, if he says this, I'm going to do that. And then, you know, I'll end the whole thing, but it never works out that way. So I don't even know why mm-hmm. we do it. Um, I just say, let God do the heavy lifting. That's how much he loves us. And that's crazy, crazy love. Mic drop. Yeah. So in in wrapping this up and, you know, so the guys are listening to this, watching. And so how do I, how do I discover what's the homework assignment for this week? I know uh, how, what, what are the, what's the recipe? What are the few things that I can do to uh, discover God's love for me. Okay. This is pretty, pretty basic. And this is what I try to tell my sons to do. It's what I try to do is I place myself around people who are better at life than I am. People who are more disciplined than I am. Uh, If I want to grow in God's word, I put myself around people who are growing in God's word. Uh, I place myself around people who are better at prayer than I am, who study the Bible better than I do. When I go to the gym, I try to work out with the guys who are doing more advanced things so I don't stay plateaued, you know, or I can get stronger. I can get the results that I'm looking for. You know, you got to change, not necessarily your behavior, but you got to change some of your habits and challenge yourself. Like people do not want to challenge these days. But it's the only way to truly grow. You've got to challenge yourself to do something you're not, you know, comfortable doing. Um, Again, I have two teenagers, you know, and I've seen them challenge themselves to do some things that were very uncomfortable that on the other side of it, oh, it really wasn't that bad. I was nervous, but, you know, and now it's just, you know, it's a small piece of this wall that they're building, you know, um, to help them be better. there, there's this, again, there's another movement happening in this world today where it's just like, no, do what feels good. Do what feels comfortable. No, that's not the way to grow. That's just the way to exist. Um, you've got to do things that are going to challenge you. You have to challenge your thoughts. You know, like the Bible says to take every thought captive. Don't just accept it because it, you know, it's there. Challenge it. Um, I feel this way. Well, what does the Bible say about that? What does the Bible say about my feelings? You know, what does the Bible say about, you know, how I feel about this person or think just things like that. We got to challenge and not just accept everything is truth, including what we hear on Sunday mornings, including what we hear on Monday mornings, including what we read, like challenge it, find things to challenge that and come to a truth. Uh, you'll find it, you know? And uh, I mean, the basic things, which I, I don't like saying, I don't like starting off by saying, well, you got to pray and you got to read your Bible. 
um, which are basic things. Nobody really wants to hear that because I think deep down inside, they know that's what they're supposed to do. So when somebody confirms that it, it's just like, well, I know that it's like the rich young ruler. Yeah. I, I do all those things. You know, what's the next thing? What's the, mo- give me the, give me the three-step process of getting uh, to be a better Christian. Well, you know, there's more than just, you know, one thing that I'm going to give you. It's not a, it's not one of those things you see in a magazine where it's just like six minute abs, you know, <laughs> you're 300 pounds. You're not going to have six minute abs in a month. You know, it's going to be a process. Um, but I, I know this on the other side of that process, you'll be better for it. You'll feel more accomplished in doing so. Um, you'll have a boldness about you that maybe wasn't there before because you went on this journey that nobody else is willing to go on. Does that make sense? You're setting yourself apart and doing something that most people would feel uncomfortable doing, but on the other side of it, you can, you know, I did it. I did it. And that just adds to your whole, I hate using the word repertoire, but it adds to your repertoire of like what it is you are now um, and who you become. So So challenge yourself, Mm -hmm. put yourself around good people, better people, better people, pray and read your Bible. Let's, let's, let's change the terminology on that. Okay. Take it away. Spend time in God's presence, meaning you shut up. And just yeah. sit. And if, if you need help with this, because I wouldn't tell you to just go in a dark room or go in your closet and just uh, the moment you do that, 10 things are going to come to your mind that you got to get accomplished. And it takes you down this wormhole of, okay, I got to do this. I got to mow the yard. I got to clean the car. I got to clean the house. Mm-hmm. Got to do this, blah, blah, blah. Go in with one simple scripture and just think about it. Just think about it. And repeat, like start small. Don't, don't take a paragraph. This whole thing is good, man. Dang. You know? Take one thing, like just take a Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Well, the more and more you think about that, you're going to come to the realization that I can't do anything unless he gives me the strength to do so. So that's a good takeaway. So take that into your quiet time with God, just mm-hmm. and, and start small. Don't, don't, most people screw up by saying like, I'm going to, I'm going to spend three hours praying. That's like saying like, I haven't worked out in years and I'm going to spend three hours in the gym. Guess what happens on the second day? pain and suffering and you're never going to go to the gym <laughs> for a while because it's just like this is too painful i can't do this yeah. start small yeah. i would say this too just just to help out a good prayer for that scripture like because most people are just like you know what scripture do i start with well there's there you go there ephesians 2 4 through 5 there's your scripture a good prayer to follow that up once you've read it once you kind of got it in your heart and your mind the best prayer you can pray is like, God, how does this verse apply to my life and how do I walk it out? That is a simple prayer right there. Built in. Okay. There, you go. there you go. Boom. Awesome. Well, Matt, very stimulating conversation. Good. Uh, a nice little deep dive there into God's love, crazy love and the book, crazy love by Francis Chan. We'll get together next Monday. The men's meetings on Monday and uh, at Outpost. Outpost, little plug there. Yeah, and uh, they do a good job. So, all right, man. Yeah. Any Thank last you. words for this week? I got nothing. I, I just, I, I just threw up on everybody. Like. Just... <laughs> 
All right. Well, for Matt Clark, this is Scott Townsend. Thanks for watching, listening to the Scott Townsend Show. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you later. Scott Townsend Show is a Dietzo Man production. For more episodes, visit the Scott Townsend Show YouTube channel, listen on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. The Scott Townsend Show.